In this gospel, we hear very clearly uh, Jesus speaking about his second coming and his judgment of the world. We also hear about this in Daniel in the Old Testament. We hear it laced throughout the New Testament. We hear about it in the book of Revelation, the the last book of, of the New Testament or of the Bible. In other words, we hear about this frequently in the Bible, in the Word of God. God speaks to this future event in which the world is judged. God comes, Jesus comes on the clouds of heaven with his angels, and he judges the living and the dead. And then at that time, everyone dies. Everyone dies. And those for heaven go to heaven with a glorified body, and those for hell go to hell with a horribly mutilated body. Just a brief word about that. Lucifer we kind of depict as a dragon or something kind of hideous, and he is. All the people who have seen him, etc., all testify to his hideousness. But he wasn't always that way. He was Lucifer, the angel of light. He was once a beautiful angel to behold. But in his rejection of God and his dwelling apart from God, that beauty is gone. And now he takes a hideous form. All those people who go to hell will take a hideous form as well. Their bodies will not look as they look now. The good news is all those going to heaven will have a glorified body. So if you don't really, if you've got some body imperfections, which I'm sure hardly any of you have, they will be corrected in the kingdom of heaven, and you will be beautiful there. But the point of this gospel is Jesus saying, prepare yourself. Prepare yourself, for you don't know when it will come. And he says, if that day should catch you off guard, it would be a horrible nightmare for you. He says, and when that day comes, there will already be signs. People will be in anticipation. It must be coming very soon. And he says that people will die of fright in anticipation of the event. So the event hasn't even happened yet. And people are already dying of fright, of anxiety, because they can see the signs. And what are those signs? Well, the signs are, A, the human race rejects God and just walks away from God. That's called apostasy, when people just don't care about God. It doesn't mean that they're enemies of God. It just means that they refuse to serve God. They just refuse to pay God any homage or to do anything for God. They just ignore God. That's called apostasy. So that's number one. Isn't that the case today? I mean, there's more than 70,000 people who live in our parish boundaries alone, and a little more than 1,000 will make it to Mass today. Whoa! That would be like out of 72,000, something like 71,000 are not going to go to Mass. Maybe throw in another 1,000 or two who go to a Mormon service or Jehovah Witness or whatever, but you're down to like... Probably 69 out of 72,000 who aren't going to do anything for God today. That's called apostasy. So that's one of the sure signs. The other is that people are living as if there's, they're godless. You know, with great sin, public sin that's enshrined into law. And kind of respectable, decent, civilized people put those into laws, those evil laws. And then they abide by them. And we're all supposed to think that that's fine. And, and, you know, democracy first, God second, that kind of business. 
And so when we see in our day and age these two great sins, is the apostasy, as I already explained, and the other sins of impurity, which were not necessarily the sins of other ages, but it's definitely ours. Legalized pornography, which is now the world's number one addiction, incredibly addictive internet pornography, destroying countless billions of lives around the world, and then everything that comes from impurity, fornication and, and uh, contraception and baby killing through abortion, etc. And we do that baby killing on a grand scale, on a grand scale. And that's kind of another thing, a third thing, is that in order to have wealth and power for a given nation, whether it was the ancient Aztecs or the Incans or the ancient Roman Empire or the people who built the Chinese wall and then the civilization collapsed and they disappeared for a thousand years, in order to build civilizations and all of that, without God, and we certainly haven't done it with God, but without God, then there has to be some sacrifice given to the enemy, to Satan. Just as man has to give worship, a sacrifice to God, beginning with Adam all the way back to the first human being, giving some sacrifice to God, and his sons Cain and Abel do too, and Noah does, and Moses and David and all the rest giving the sacrifice to God so too does the enemy demand one and his great blood sacrifice is abortion worldwide he'll grant the world wealth and power if they will give him their babies and we do so these are the signs. These are the signs. I mean, normally I think we think of signs as like, man, meteorites are falling from the sky and the earth was shaking. And, and no, the signs are like, that's what happens when the tribulation comes. The signs that it's coming is that we've abandoned God and we're living very sinful lives. So here we are. So then the next thing is, then people get mad at me. Like, why are you talking about this? Well, you're, this isn't the good news. Yes, it is. Jesus just told us in the gospel, which is the Greek word for good news, everything I'm saying right here. And over and over again throughout the Bible. So if somebody has a problem with this, then they've got a problem with God. And that's something for that person to fix. It's something for that person to fix. But when we think of trials and tribulations, when we think of chastisement... Maybe we think of nuclear war, like, oh man, we're all going to be wiped out. Oh, what's the point? Ah. But God doesn't actually work like that. So if God wanted to destroy us, he just would have destroyed us like that. No problem. No problem for God. But rather what he wants to do is convert us and to save us. That's why God took on flesh, came into the world, and let us torture him to death. Was so that he could save us. If you wanted, if you wanted justice in this world, you just would have snapped his fingers and we'd all be dead. Justice is for the next world. In this world, it's God's mercy, and we better take advantage of it while we still can, because once we die, His justice kicks in. So take advantage of that mercy. The other is this, that when these trials and tribulations come, and they're already sort of upon us, it won't be a quick thing. It won't be like overnight. No, it'll take years and decades. Are you kidding me? It's taken us generations to get to this horrible, wicked place. God wants to make sure that the conversion is permanent. And those flash-in-the-pan conversions are almost never permanent. Those people tend to backslide right back into the life that they had before that flash-in-the-pan conversion. How many times have 
Have we seen people go through RCA? It's a big conversion, wonderful thing, and then a year later we never see them again. It was just this flash and pan in hers. Jesus would say, one of the seeds that was sown in shallow soil it took root quickly and sprouted, but then the hot sun came and it died away for lack of roots. So God wants to make sure that the new world, the world that follows this one, is truly converted. So his chastisement won't be quick. It'll be nice and slow and painful to make sure that we get it and it takes for good. But here's this other thing. There is a zero point in fearing God if we're ready for God. I have zero fear of any trial, tribulation, chastisement. Zero. In fact, I frequently pray for it. Dear God, please begin it. Please change the status quo. It's horrific. Horrific. That this year, hundreds of thousands of teenage girls and women would kill their baby. And the trauma that that's going to do to those women for the rest of their lives. And the guilt that the fathers of those babies will hold. And not to mention the life that the babies were not able to live. If we think, oh no, let's not have a chastisement, that would be terrible. What's worse? Add up those babies over the years and you get tens of millions. 60 plus million legal deaths of babies in this country. And then men marrying men. And then men marrying men. There's only four sins of credit and for vengeance. The murder of the innocent and sodomy are two of the four. And we've legalized them. And if you disagree, you're a far right bigot or whatever you are. So the status quo is not working for God. It's not working for me. It's not working for those who are close to God. We want it to change. We need it to change. Because people are falling into the broad, easy road that leads to perdition, as Jesus says. So he wants to get us on that narrow, difficult road. But we're not going to do it unless there's something wrong with the broad, easy road. And so he's going to make sure something wrong happens on the broad, easy road. And I'm so grateful. And I'm so grateful. And I have zero fear. Honestly, if I die today, I'm going to purgatory. There's no doubt in my mind. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a great gift because I'm not in a state of perfection. I'm not, I'm not there and heaven's perfect. And so God in his great mercy has created purification for souls after death who still love him and want to spend eternity with him. And that's where I go. I want to, by the time I die, whenever that is, to be able to go straight into heaven without any purgatory. That's, that's a goal. That's in a way a selfish goal. But my greater priority there is to love God to such a state that there's no more purification for me. So, if you're afraid of God changing the world, then there's something wrong with your faith in God. That's the truth. Then there's something wrong with your faith in because there's something profoundly wrong with the way the world is being played out right now. And God's going to change it. So be of good cheer. Jesus says in John 16, he says, quote, In the world you will have trouble, but take courage. I've overcome the world. So be of good cheer. So be of good cheer. What's the point in 
and brooding and being bitter and upset and resentful and da 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 when there are things that are out of our control. So be of good cheer. And the only ones who could be of good cheer are people who are close to Jesus. They can be of good cheer. But if you're not, then there's fear, isn't there? Then let fear motivate us to turn back to God. For God makes it clear in the Old and the New Testament that the first step of wisdom, the first stage of wisdom, is fear of God. Fear of God, just like a little two-year-old does the right thing because they know if they get into that thing that mom will spank them. So like, "Ah, I want to get into that thing, but mom will spank me. I've got two cats. They're about six months old now, something like that. And it's hilarious when I'm in the kitchen, they will stare up at the countertop wanting to jump up there. But they know they do that I'll spray them with my water bottle, which is sitting there. But they sit there and they stare. And then at night when I'm asleep, I know that they walk the countertops. (laughs) But they're afraid of getting sprayed by water. And so that fear is doing a good thing for them. It's reining them in from bad appetites. And the same thing for us. So if there's fear of trial and tribulation and chastisement of judgment from God, then we're clearly not where God wants us to be yet. But that fear can still do good, can it? It can motivate us to change them. It can motivate us to move from fear to love. But in doing so, there has to be sacrifices because that's what true love always demands is sacrifice. So, Jesus makes it very clear that there will come a time when Jesus will come again. And he says, that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. But have no fear, for Jesus has overcome the world. And so, if you're united to him, and you love him, and you serve him, then be of good cheer. And if you can't be of good cheer, then you're not as close to him as he wants you to be. And today he's inviting you to that closeness, to that faith, and to love him 